Loser Podcast. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, it's been a long time, but uh, thankfully, back with the boys again. Parker, how's it going, mate? Not too bad. Just keeping everything keeping everything afloat, working still from home, which is nice, and getting settled into my new house. So it's been it's been a busy quarantine, but not necessarily in a bad way. Happy days, man. And the OG himself, Tim, how's quarantine life treating you? Uh, like I was just telling Parker earlier before we started, I mean, I, I don't mind it. We, I normally work from home anyway and stuff, but it has totally kind of like destroyed the the kids uh, lives and lifestyle and stuff like that so hopefully the sooner we get back to normalcy the better just stay the hell home so we can get rid of this thing as fast as possible is the thing i guess wise words as always man well i say well let's not dwell too much on the uh on the negatives i mean it's been 27 days since we've had any liverpool football and uh all the talk has been about the completion of the season um all the opposition want us to avoid it. <laughs> um, the, the president of UEFA just said that there's no way you can see um, Liverpool not being champions this this season. Uh, Tim, what's your thoughts on the whole thing? Uh, have you any sort of ideas of how we could resolve this? I know anything we kind of like say or anything anybody says right now is kind of like just speculation in the air because we don't know when we can kind of like go back to normalcy but i would hope with the euros being cancelled and i think that's kind of like what the fa is kind of working on trying to come up with a way where clubs can extend contracts and we can finish this thing over summer because it doesn't make sense to finish this one off before we start a new one you know before you eat dessert, finish what's on your damn plate so i mean of <laughs> course you know as like liverpool we're hoping like i mean you know, being crowned the champions just because it's freaking obvious and all we need is City to say, yeah, we were never going to catch him, um, is one thing. But I don't know. Part of me really was looking forward to that clinching game. Like I had this like vision of like a 3-0, 4-0 game, every goal getting us closer, the crowd going crazy. That's why I kind of wanted like a home game to clinch it and stuff. And I mean, look at where we are now. Like two months ago, everybody was fighting over which game they wanted to be the clincher. And now, uh, yep. <laughs> so I mean, you never know which way this is gonna go. I like I say, my hope is them, you know, being going back to normalcy. Hopefully in May or maybe end of May, whenever that is. But then kind of like extending the season so we can kind of finish this year, European Cups and everything at all. So. There's a lot of moving parts to that, obviously, because there's a lot of contracts that's going to expire and stuff like that. So hopefully they'll figure out a way to do that rather than just, you know, saying, calling it a season and crowning us the champions. Yeah, there's been, uh, uh, obviously the Euros have been pushed back the next summer. Um, and the, they're actually talking about some kind of like World Cup style sort of finish to the season where all the teams go to like this camp. And play games every couple of days. Yeah. I mean, for the spectator, that's amazing. For the players, that's going to be hardcore. Parker, what do you think of that one? Yeah. So I actually heard. I was listening to a XM. I have XM radio, and I was listening to the soccer channel there, and uh, they were actually talking about that there. And I think it's an all right idea. Um, one thing I did hear them talking about was like delay next season as an option and then delay the next season after that and do like shorter and shorter delays so we can get back to the proper start time over three years rather than just snapping into it in one 
Um, I I don't know. I kind of like the whole World Cup style thing. I think it would work. It's one of those things that logistically it works a lot better in the UK than it would here. Because, you know, obviously here, you know, me and Tim are probably the two location-wise closest people on the podcast and or in the uh, of our writers, and we're about five hours away from each other. Yeah, <laughs> and you know that's that's considered relatively local. I mean, he's only a state over, so <laughs> you know. Whereas that would be like someone from Liverpool driving over to you know Spain or Germany. You know, that's a whole other country that's two countries away. So I think I think it's something that can work out quite well in England, considering that England is so much smaller. That said, you know, we already hear Klopp talking about the amount of fixtures and the fixture balance and how clustered the schedule is as is. So I don't think the players would go for it. That's why I really think the whole, you know, delay the start of next season a little bit and then delay the next season after that a little less and just fix all of this over a span of two, three years, I think that'd probably be the best way. That way the players still get the right amount of break. They still get the right amount of holiday. They still can relax, rejuvenate their bodies because, you know, it's it's professional sports. None of that is easy on the body. Yeah, I mean, there's these guys, I mean, obviously they're going to be in isolation and, and they're still going to be trained. We've obviously seen the pictures of Bobby going hardcore on the on the treadmill and <laughs> stuff awesome. you know um so those guys are you know obviously you know the ultimate professionals and they're going to stay in in shape uh it, it's kind of like a, a another break an off season for them um mm-hmm. an extended winter break if you will um so I, I you know i think the world cup thing might work um because it, i think a lot of them would have been preparing for um the euros anyway yeah um, that's so true. It, it's going to be a similar sort of setup for them. So, um, and it'll be a good test of everyone, every club's depth. Yeah. You know, uh, especially those teams that are, they're fighting relegation. Um, they're going to be tough, tough fights, uh, down yeah. there and, and that's going to stretch them. And the same for us and the likes of city, you know, um, I, I, an injury to one or two people. And here's the thing, even just a knock or a dead leg that puts you out for one game can make a massive difference in that kind of competition. Right. Yeah, that was another point that they brought up actually on the radio about like it'd be kind of unfair, you know, quote unquote unfair to squads like um, Sheffield that are, you know, they're having a great year this year. They don't have the depth that Liverpool or City or United or anyone has. So like they could get screwed out of that top five spot. Since. I don't think that. Well, I don't think that's a, a an argument. I mean, everybody gets 25 players in the league. Yeah. No, that's you know, fair. So it, it, it's just a case of the only reason it's not fair is because of football. You know what right. I mean? And the way football is now, the, the clubs with the most money tend to be towards the top of the table. Um, and, and they're an anomaly because they've come through with, with very little money. But, you know, one or two injuries in that squad would really damage them as a squad oh. and as a force. So, um, yeah, in that sense, yeah you have to have money and blah, blah, blah. And the money teams are going to do better in city because they can put out a first 11. That's better than most of the rest. And a second 11, that's better than most of the rest of the teams in the league, you know? So, I mean, Tim, what do you, what do you think about that one? Um, the whole fairness thing. I don't know. I mean, that's basically, I mean, it's not death, I guess in the, it's more like the quality of the death, but that's going to be the, 
that's the case either way during the season as well, isn't it? I mean, you look at the bench of us and City and, you know, even like even like Chelsea and stuff like that. I mean, and then you compare yeah. them to obviously Sheffield's bench. There's going to be a huge gap because of the money invested in it. So um, I think it's just a matter of the only thing I don't understand about that is, you know, you get everybody in one location, right? And it sounds like something like that will be on like Black Mirror or some shit. But, you know, you're putting everybody <laughs> together here and everybody's like playing the game. But, I mean, isn't that even more dangerous? Because you got all these players in one location now and it's yeah. going to take one bozo, like the UPS guy dropping up some shit. <laughs> right. Like one guy and then uh, you infected the entire league. So yeah. I just don't think that's as good of a scenario as kind of playing with the calendar a bit more. Instead of like trying to kind of like reinvent the wheel, kind of work with the scheduling, like spreading it out and try to figure out those contracts, which I think that's the biggest thing of doing this thing in the summer is the contracts. So if, you know, the people who contracts are ending, what is it, June 30th, I think. So if they figure that out, I think it's a lot more feasible and a lot more logical to do it over summer or starting it early as opposed to doing something that's going to be, like I say, the like within like a three week period as a World Cup situation. Yeah, and 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 that's the thing we we have to we really have to take this virus into consideration and um you know it's already you know done severe damage um you know but we, when you look at um we have the you know thoughts with like uh, Pep Guardiola you know losing his mother um I mean that's 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 gonna be tough you know on the guy um ex player Pepe Reina. Mm-hmm. You know, has been uh, talking about his his battle with it and and how he couldn't breathe for 25 minutes. You know, um, that's obviously going to affect his playing ability when he comes back. Um, you know, so it, it you know it's going to have an effect, and we have to think that it, is it going to be safe to put that many people in, as Tim said, in that area and risk ruining possibly a lot of players' careers? Yeah, you that's, know, that's a really um, good point. So it, it's. Yeah, it's, it's hung in the balance, but um, it's again, let's get away from this negativity. Um, yeah, so some I've good news. Got, I've got some good news. Um, I just saw on Twitter there's a Sadio Mane documentary coming out. Um, comes out tomorrow, actually. So that would be the uh, the eighth of April. Um, they just released the trailer at least a couple hours ago. Um, it looks pretty awesome, and. Uh, I mean, it's just going through his whole life and everything as a documentary typically does, but that I think that's going to be pretty cool. That should be yeah. interesting because he does have a, like a very interesting story of you know like how he came about. I mean, obviously most fans have probably like read at one point, but it would be, it, yeah, that should definitely be an interesting one. Just knowing that kind of like the overall story of how he came about and how he kind of like became a player. Yeah, and. I think that's really cool that, I mean, he came from this little tiny town in Senegal to playing on the world stage of football. I mean, that's that's something that obviously kids dream to do, and he's actually doing it. We actually have a guy um, at LFC Knoxville, um, a guy called Adama. Uh, and he has some fairly interesting views on on some players. Um, and me and him, me and him, butt heads from time to time. But uh, he's a he's a nice guy. Um, he actually comes from the same village as Sadio Mane. Oh no, kidding! Um, That's awesome. So yeah, um, you know, it, 
obviously Sadio is his favorite player, uh, or should I say Sadio? We have to pronounce it properly. Right. Yes, Sadio. Um, Sadio. Um, and yeah. Um, like I, I can't wait. It actually segues nicely into another little thing. Recently, Sky Sports did their um, Player of the Year vote um, earlier in the week there, or last week, mm-hmm. and uh, they had uh, Sadio Mane or Sadio uh, was the winner, um, with Jordan Henderson also within the top three, I think. That's um, pretty awesome. So I mean, even though we haven't got to the end, they're still going ahead with the likes of awards and things. And I think it's been, it's been tough to pick a favorite player this season. Um, I think because we work so well as a unit. Um, but I think Sergio and, uh, and the captain have been sort of those little player, those little links in the chain that have, have made the difference. Yeah. Um, and if you look at our, our last couple of results with, uh, the absence of Hendo, um it, it kind of it it, it showed <laughs> yeah that's yeah, a tough I mean, that's... one actually i mean i i don't know which way i would go i think i lean more towards henderson uh only because i have a soft spot for him and i've spent the last two years online like defending him to people <laughs> who don't understand his value so maybe that's what it is and i think he is like the perfect captain for club and that's why, I mean, you can tell when Klopp talks about him and, I mean, I always come back to this. Like, I remember, like, after the Champions League final, he said that was the most special thing was being able to say, you know, Jordan Henderson is the captain of the Champions League winning team. And I think I would go to that. But it is tough because there are so many games, uh, now that we're without you know, Liverpool, you know, you watch a lot of like, you know, like highlights and old games and stuff like that to kind of fill the pool. <laughs> and I mean, there's so many games that where we needed something and it came from Sadio, uh, like that Southampton game. I mean, there's so many games that as I was watching and I'm like, here's another like, Sadio moment where you almost like create something out of nothing and kind of gets us back in the game or shifts the momentum and stuff like that. Like, the, you know, a couple of the penalties he won, you know, like against Leicester, against Tottenham. Uh, with his like you know work rate and stuff like that, so it's a tough call. I think personally, I would probably go Henderson just because to justify the last two years of my life, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, what what about you, Parker? I'd still. I mean, I've got such a soft spot for Bobby, so it'd probably have to be either him or uh him or Trent because the two of them, I think, are. I think they're unsung heroes in a sense that, you know, the same way Henderson is, you know, they may not have all the stats behind them saying that they're the top of the team or whatever, but what they add to the team, you know, with Firmino's just unbelievable ability to pull crazy passes and skill moves around people. And then just the work rate from Trent where, you know, you see him sprinting down the field to get a ball and then he gets it. I mean, that's, I think to me those two things are huge, and I'm a, I'm a big proponent of liking players who have the, that ridiculous work rate to them. So I'd have to say it's one of them, not to take away from anything that Hendo or Mane are doing, but but I think just the it's something that you can't really put a number to, but you still see the difference. And if they were absent at any point in the season for a long time we would definitely see that difference yeah i think you 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 mentioned something there 
um, about the work rate. Mm-hmm. And it's something this team is very well uh, known for. Yeah. And and I, I was I was watching the um <laughs> the Barcelona game again. Um <laughs> so so one of the guys in LFC Knoxville, uh shout out to Jake Thompson, um, had challenged me. Uh, if anybody doesn't know I'm a DJ and music producer, um, but he had challenged me to uh, make a track uh, using the sample of Corner Taken Quickly. <laughs> so I'm in the I'm actually in the middle of making this drum and bass track uh, with the corner taken quickly Origi, um and drops into this mad bass line. Um, so when I'm ready with that, I'll drop it. I'll maybe put it out <laughs> at the end of one of the podcasts or something. Um, but yeah, so I've been watching that a lot. And one thing I just noticed is every time it's just the ball got wherever players were just there, whatever position on our squad. Wherever the ball went, they were just there. They're always just there. It doesn't matter who we're playing. Um, wherever the ball is, one of our players is there. And it's it's just the work rate from them all. Like in every quadrant of that pitch, it doesn't matter where it is. If another player, if the other team have the ball, there's always one of our players on them. Like that, bar, like watching that Barcelona game was just. It was like watching, like, they had their chances, don't get me wrong. And even going back to, like, because we, the team plays so well as a unit, you could throw Allison in for player of this season. Yeah. A guy that was out for the first eight games of the season and it still has the most clean sheets. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I think, like, I think has that's played eight, eight less games than every other goalkeeper. So it's just crazy to think of, you know, that any player could be arguably in that mix yeah i think i think you raise a really good point with that is just like he is one of our most important players because you know you see the difference when he wasn't there versus when he is there and you know i'm not gonna take this opportunity to slag off anyone but like (laughs) that's just the reality of the situation is when you have a goalkeeper that is top three in the world you know that's obviously naturally going to happen but that also makes him a very invaluable player that there isn't a way to simply replace him. Yeah. Uh, And again, that's not to say that any of our other players are simply replaceable, but I mean, that's, it's a big set of shoes to fill, I suppose. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's, it's with this squad, um, you know, we look at every, we look at that front three and we think, how do we replace any of them? You know, um, you know, Salah is the oldest of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, an event. I don't know. You know, in the future, think thinking about that. And only thing I can think of is how do we strengthen what is behind them? Yeah. You know, um, instead of you know looking for to replace them, looking for something like them or that has a, something a little bit different in that position, but equally as effective. You right. know, and people talking about people like Werner and that to replace Bobby and different things like that. It, it, it's it's hard to think about, you know, and it's hard to <clears throat> equate because we look at the we're looking at these players in a different squad. Right. And when we look and when we look at the work rate of our team and we look at say Even though they play a high energy game, 
Yeah. It's not. It's high energy it's in Germany. It's not the same. Yeah. It's not high energy in the Premier League. You know, um, because in the Premier League, it's every single week yeah. at that pace. You know, so exactly. and that's why he struggled, I think. Um, and some players adapt to it better than others. Yeah, um, which so is that, which that's is where. One of the, oh God. No, go on. Uh, which is one of the big reasons why I was really hoping for a uh, Plissic to come, because I feel like he has he's one of the few players out there that I think could adapt pretty quickly. I mean, obviously we're not seeing it much this year because of his injuries, but like I think him and Warner both would be, if I were to pick a top two replacements for someone on our front line, it'd be one of those two just because I know, I mean, I've seen enough of Plissick's work rate. He's got it for sure. And I know Werner's got it as well. Oh yeah. They've, they've definitely got it. I mean, um, getting away from where we were. Right. Um, Let's, let's bring it back in. Um, yeah. Right. We're just sort of waiting for awards and stuff coming in. We're doing all these other things. And now um, we're all just trying to fill the time with whatever we can. I mean, I, I almost resorted to watching WWE. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's not go to the extremes over here. Anybody that's into wrestling, I was a big fan in the 90s when it was the Attitude Era and I was younger. Um, but I mean, for me, um, I've gone past that. And I, like I said, I've watched this, I've watched the, the Barcelona game over and over and over again. Um, I don't think I've watched any other games. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like the wife, the wife will fall asleep. Like later night, we'll be watching a movie or something, she falls asleep, and uh, I'll get distracted and somehow i always manage to end up on youtube watching goals um and i always end up on the barcelona game <laughs> <laughs> yeah somehow it all goes back to that i was watching it the other day and there were like so many eyes being rolled in the house it wasn't even funny um because i think it's like i say it's probably like the 500th time uh, it's been on in the house uh, but especially when you go to the highlights and stuff from I mean, the champions league final and that 4-0 game i mean to me that game was like I say, it's a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing. It wasn't just a win. I mean, they show these games, and you can kind of, like, look at them and, you know, watch the highlight because we're so hungry for football, so we'll kind of, like, watch any replay at this point. But something about that game, it was just, like, everything that is Liverpool. So I think that's what kind of makes it so special and watch it over and over again. I mean, I kind of... The other day, I was, like, watching some highlights, and I was like, man, I really freaking miss it. Like, that's when I realized that I really freaking missed being able to watch, like, a Liverpool game, like, live, the whole, the thrill, the energy, and stuff like that. But I actually posted this in the LFC America group, and I want to kind of get your guys' take on it, too. One thing I am definitely realizing is that I probably spend too much time watching sports. Not Liverpool. (laughs) Not Liverpool. I mean, Liverpool deserves all the time it gets. But I think aside from that, I mean, I'm a junkie of the game itself. So I'll watch, you know, when I turn on TV, you know, I have like Comcast. So it goes to sports and then it goes to soccer. And then whatever live game is on, that's what's playing as the background noise or whatever. (laughs) And it could be the Mexican League. It could be the Turkish League. It could be anything. It doesn't matter. You know, it would be like soccer. And I'm finding myself like not only like in terms of soccer, but other sports, because I'm being able to do so much more right now than I ever could. 
all these things that I could never get around to, all these hobbies I could get around to. And I was right. like, where's all this time coming from? And I think that's coming from that. So I don't know. I mean, do you guys feel the same way? I feel like when we go back, believe me, Liverpool will get all this time back. But I will definitely be cutting back on. And I think it's mostly American sports. Nothing against American sports, but I think it's because of the playoff concept overall. Like, wake me up when it's the playoffs mode. Like, <laughs> I, think I would go back to, you know, watching a Lakers game. Even though I DVR it and fast forward to the commercials and crap, I still don't think I would invest as much time watching games like that or watching random soccer games and just focus on, like, specific things. Because this made me realize almost that I was spending a bit too much time on sports. Yeah, I mean, I, I I've been kind of um, trying to control my, my television, um, sort of watching. Um, Liverpool gets all my time. The Premier League basically gets most of my time um, at the weekends, um, and and MMA. If there's MMA of any kind on, I'm watching it. Yeah, me too. Uh, so um, it, it's it's kind of like I you know I, I can't do jujitsu right now either mm-hmm. i haven't been able to do it for a while so that kind of allows me to sort of in my head get that out of my system in a way right <laughs> like it, it, it in a weird way you know i like to watch these technical fights and be like oh yeah this is and that's what i would do in this and whatever but um most of my time gets taken up by music anyway so um yeah I, i've been kind of throwing myself a bit more into that and getting into projects that I normally wouldn't get to do because I'd be busy doing other things um, or normally out doing stuff or I, I book for a venue as well. So I'm usually across there a lot. So while I'm not there, I can be doing more of the personal stuff I want to do. Um, and again, I, I almost went down a football manager hole. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I was close myself, but I oh. held back. It was like an addiction trying to come back. I was almost like, you know going back falling off the wagon and i was like nope i'm not gonna do this (laughs) yeah and that's for me as well i mean um a big part of the liverpool thing is going to the bar you know and watching it with everybody like um you know we've got such a tight little group here in knoxville and we're hopefully going to get our olsc this here in in july um we, we were told we'll find out in july um and we'll be able to um join the rest of the tennessee crowd excuse me which segues nicely into um checking out um the last podcast there with jd deckard of uh lfc i nearly said ufc lfc murfreesboro um tim had a chat with him and that that was great um he's a really nice guy and uh everybody's i've spoken to within the liverpool fraternity that i know speak very very highly of the guy um so hopefully we can hook up with them um tim you had a chat with him yeah, I mean, they have, like, a very unique story. It's almost like uh, alcohol brought them together, right? JD is very yeah. open and honest about it. It's almost <laughs> like alcohol brought them together and Liverpool kept them together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of that kind of a story. But I thought it was, like, very interesting. And, yeah, he has, like, the energy to him. And I think that's what it kind of takes to kind of lead these sporter clubs. But like he says, you know, with that energy, hopefully you have some support from, you know, various people to get things going. So, yeah, definitely a great um it definitely was a great chat. He has some like great funny stories to share. And I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned from it. And they do a lot. I mean, out of 
a lot of the sporter clubs I talk to, I think they probably do the most within their community in terms of fundraisers and stuff like that. All the yeah. Ripple sport clubs that contribute in that sense. Um, and, you know, we, we share those like on the website as well. But uh, there were many examples where they're very, very involved in the community. Yeah, yeah, they're they're a great club. Um, we're kind of, you know, us with Knoxville, we're kind of a new group as far as a, a big club is concerned. Um, it was always just a couple of scattered, you know, fans here and there around the town. And eventually they came together a couple of years back. And now they're, we've got our own home, uh, so to speak. We were sharing a bar with the rest of the Premier League, basically. Um, now, we've got, now we've got our own spot, Finns. A uh, good Irish bar owned by proper Irishman himself. It's from Dublin. So that's good. You know the Guinness is good. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's that's what I miss about it the most, I think. You know, yes, I'm missing watching the football, but I can go back and watch games and that kind of stuff. Um, but I think the camaraderie of being around everyone, and, yes, we can chat on Facebook and we have Zoom meetings and stuff, but I'm missing hugging people. Yeah, you know? it's not the same. It's, it's just not the same, you know. But... Hey, well, uh, we, I was going to touch on, on the furlough thing, but I think um, we're, we're lining something special up to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll give that a miss and we'll stay away from any more negativity. Yeah. Um, what, what are your plans for the next couple of days, gentlemen? <laughs> um, well, I'm still, so we're doing this um, with a bunch of the Discord servers that are like soccer fans of different Premier League teams and teams worldwide. Uh, we're doing like this big video game tournament. So like they're okay. playing, there are people doing FIFA, there's a Rocket League one, there's Formula One, and then the one that there's League of Legends, and the one I'm in is uh, Counter-Strike. Okay. And so, so far we're actually undefeated. We beat Man U's team uh, 2-0, and we also beat Milan 2-0. So nice. we're waiting to see if... Um, either Chelsea, Everton, or uh, Tottenham. They're like one player short of a full squad, so we're waiting to see if one of them can get one together so we can play. Okay, happy days. Tim, what about yourself, man? Uh, man, like as you know, we have like, uh, some issues with our server and stuff with the site, so now that we're back up and running, uh, there's kind of like a lot going on, so we'll be investing a lot of time with that. Uh, we're going to do like a special pod with uh, Gordon Lee. Uh, he's one of the OGs himself. And this is actually that will be joining us, who is Happy from days. Liverpool. Uh, his story is actually uh, one of our very first uh, My Liverpool stories on the website. And we would, we're going to talk about the whole like the furlough thing and stuff like that, because I think it's kind of is different to talk to somebody from Liverpool about it. I mean, uh, we can kind of like quickly discuss it here, I guess. But I mean, you know, I noticed that when you ask just kind of average American fan because of the system here and, you know, we're kind of like more used to the capitalist system and, you know, bottom line and evading taxes where you can, you know what I mean? It's just like the whole works here. And I think it's like, well, why not if the government is giving the money and stuff? But I think it kind of takes somebody from Liverpool to kind of explain why and kind of understanding the whole concept of the city itself, because it is very different. And we talked about this on a pod before about how hard it is to kind of keep politics out of the Liverpool conversation and stuff, because the city itself is so intertwined with that. Yeah, and right. I think it kind of goes back to that and the, the the backlash the decision got and stuff like that from the city itself. It kind of like figured it would be a great way to talk to somebody from the city to kind of like explain to 
other like American like listeners in the U.S. who've never been there or who don't know as much about the city, like why the backlash was there to get that perspective? Because we can only speculate our end. I mean, like, I'm from Istanbul, and uh, Chris, you're the closest guy in the neighborhood over there. Uh, so, but I mean, in terms of you know being able to understand you, I think really, I mean, I lived in UK for a few years, but I think you have to almost be from the city and understand this culture really deeply to be able to kind of hopefully explain to the rest of the folks why it was such a big deal. I think everybody in most people were looking at just the bottom line and what's wrong with this. And I'm hoping he can kind of bring back a different perspective to that conversation. Yeah, it'll be good to hear it because, um, you know, obviously, like you said, I'm from just across the water, you know, and, um, you know, again, trying to explain to people what Northern Ireland's like outside of Northern Ireland is, yeah. is, is damn near impossible you know um that's an understatement it's because even you know when even when i meet people they're like oh you're from ireland and i'm like well actually i'm from northern ireland but yeah technically i'm from ireland um and they go northern ireland what's that (laughs) oh boy you know so hey i've been dealing with that my whole life you know right it's whatever so again i i still can't even i can understand a little bit of the liverpool thing you know, I've been there a lot um, before I moved to the States. You know, I, I used to go across the games a lot. Um, but, yeah, I, I can get a little bit of it, but it, it'll be great to hear from someone from actually actually from Liverpool and the mindset of a, of a scouser. Um, you know, and, and I think it'll be good for the American audience to, 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 to hear it from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Yeah, that's one thing I've noticed that's very valuable because, like, uh, I think I've said before on the podcast, but I did a term abroad there. Uh, in Liverpool so like I have a lot of friends that are either from who are actually scousers or you know from the immediate neighboring area and uh, I think it's we've definitely you know butted heads before over stuff politically speaking just because you know we're two different countries we obviously don't a fully understand one another's uh, views and everything and b you know someone who would be considered liberal here could still be considered conservative over there given their views just because it's you know two totally different political systems so i think it's i think it's really valuable in general just to be able to speak with someone from there and kind of understand it from like you said from the horse's mouth because you know i can look at it one way you can look at it one way tim can look at it one way but you know we don't live there we don't understand and have that full rationalization of this is the reality that comes from living in Liverpool and looking at it from that unique point of view. Yeah. And I think, well, I think it's, there's been a lot of lessons learned um, over the years. And I think because of, of how the people of Liverpool are, uh, they're not, you know, they're not going to sit back and, and let people dictate how they should live or, or, you know, anything like that. They, they're very much a, a fighting people. And, and you know, um, I, I can relate to that so much. You, you look at the ticket thing um, and how that was reversed. Yeah. Um, and then obviously this. Um, now, here's the thing. Uh, on the flip side, we have to look at the ownership. Now, for me, um, I was disgusted when I, when I heard about it. Um, but um, the fact that the club U-turned, for me, that says that's ownership that I want. Yeah. That's an ownership that is willing to listen to the fans, to the people of Liverpool, um, and understand where they're coming from. 
uh, and they're, they're learning you know they've never been absolutely perfect you know it's taken them time but because they've been open because they've been willing to sit down and talk with spirit of shankley and all these groups um you know we, we've got this thing going with them where you know they'll make certain decisions sitting over here in boston and then people in liverpool will be like ah no that's not the way we do things um and they're like okay tell us how we do this and they go this is how we do it and the club come back and go okay this is how we're going to do it um for me that that's great ownership i don't yeah. see that i don't see roman abramovich doing something like that um, yeah, definitely not. you know um i don't see a lot of other owners doing something like that uh so i, I mean there's pluses and minuses and there's going to be arguments and 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 stuff said and it's always been a problem um you know with with the fan base especially some of the hardcore fan base in liverpool uh, and not trusting americans after the the hicks and gillette thing so mm-hmm. you know it, it, i think this goes a long way to helping hopefully bridge those those little gaps you know yeah and i think that's something that um is very unique like you were kind of getting at before to uh it being fenway's owning it i mean they've you know they run some of the most colossal teams in the world and some of the biggest fan base in the world so like they really really know what they're doing with respects to listening to their fan base so i think that's very fortunate that it's the fenway's owning us rather than a different american group because i don't think I think it'd be only the Fenways, as far as Americans, that would really, really be able to do this, you know, as far as big sports organizations. I mean, if you or me had the money to buy it, yeah, maybe we would be able to do it just as well or better. But as far as the giant ownership groups that exist over here, Fenways are probably the best ones to have with respects to realizing, hey, we might have screwed up a little bit let's listen in and figure out the right way to go on it and the right way to fix it. Yeah. But at uh, the end of the day, they're a business. I mean, that, right. that's what people have to understand. And they're, you know, their initial approach to every situation is going to be business. And, yeah, definitely. And it has caused them to make mistakes or make, I mean, maybe not necessarily mistakes, but decisions that are not kind of kosher with the, you know, the fans and like the city as a whole and like chris is saying i mean credit to them to kind of see that and be like hey, we got to back down from this kind of like learn the impact of it and kind of like change their decision making i mean we had this similar situation with the ticket price hikes a few years back mm-hmm. um and you know it's what makes kind of like liverpool special because like you're saying chris not a lot of fan bases would be able to make such a loud noise at the same time you know, this fast, uh, yeah. like they did with the ticket price hike, like they did with, you know, when they tried to trade Michael Liverpool name and like this one right here. And that's what makes the city special. And I think FSG is kind of learning more and more about the city and what is expected as they go. And let's face it, at the end of the day, they are a business. So they're going to try to make the best business decision. But at least exactly. they're smart enough to know that the greater good in the long run is more important than saving you know two and a half million or whatever they would save in terms of like you know paying out of pocket so i mean like i say all good at the end but i think yeah there's going to be a lot of different perspectives of like how people look at it based on their background and what they think in terms of economics and stuff 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, obviously it is a business. They're going to make business decisions. They're going to try and, and with most businesses, they're going to try and sneak little things in here and there, and they'll make the money up in different ways eventually. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because, hey, they're smart businessmen. You know, they've taken a club they bought for just under, what was it, $500 million? Uh, dollars, mm-hmm. and uh, they've turned into a $2 billion club. Right. Um, you know, um, that's pretty ridiculous. Um, but still, you know, it's amazing. So, um, yeah, I think we'll wrap it up here. I know Tim's got some, uh, got a tasty dinner waiting for him. Um, (laughs) I don't think it's so tasty, but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so we're gonna let him go and get that. Tim, take it easy, dude. Um, Parker, um, I'll let you get back to your gaming. Um, if you uh, if you feel so inclined, check us out on Instagram, Twitter at um, American Scouser Blog. Uh, check out the website AmericanScouser.com, and uh, yeah, check out some of the old pods, all the OLSC uh, spotlights, and uh, especially the latest one with JD Deckard. Uh, you'll never walk alone, lads. Yes, sir. Never walk alone. All right. <laughs>